Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. Welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. Alan, how you feeling today, my brother? Feeling good. Oh my God. What is it with you recently, man? You just keep bringing out mad classics from absolute goats. Like, you you just keep <laughs> pulling them out of the bag. And I just think, like, you just shock me. Absolutely shock me. Alan has brought Jay-Z to Bars, Rhymes and Life with the track Dead Presidents 2. Give me the rationale, politics as usual. <laughs> there is some rationale in that we mentioned it on the Absol episode. We talked about the quote that came from this song. I must have mentioned like Jay-Z and, and this album in particular um, a bunch of times throughout the, the pod because he's obviously one of the biggest names in hip-hop. Reasonable Doubt is his first album, which is actually one of my favorite hip-hop albums. Like The whole vibe of it, the, the production has this really laid-back, kind of loungy feel pianos brass jay-z's flow is brilliant on it and then i think for anyone who who maybe doesn't consider themselves a jay-z fan or is not that interested because he's been around for such a long time he's done so much you might know him from like the tracks he did with beyonce and rihanna and alicia keys like there's probably a generation that just knows him as an artist that does tracks with r&b singers but if you're a rap fan and you like that 90s style new york style you've got to listen to reasonable doubt like, I'm not saying it's lyrically the Go album or anything, but for me, if I could only take 10 albums on a desert island, this would be one of them. I re- I, it's For me, that's where it sits. So, yeah, I figured this track kind of embodies the album for me. And since I quoted it a few weeks ago, we're going to bring it in. Uh, nothing but facts said by you there. This tune, this sample, I mean, the two samples, there's, there's so much to delve, dissect and go into. That's why I'm not going to ramble on too much. I just want to get straight into it. Who's up first, bro? I'm up. Who want to bet us that we don't touch letters, stack cheddars forever, live treacherous, all the etceteras. To the death of us, me and my confidants, we shine. You feel the ambiance, your n words just rhyme. Who want to bet us that we don't touch letters, stack cheddars forever, live treacherous, all the etceteras. To the death of us, me and my confidants, we shine. You feel the ambiance, your niggas just rhyme. I snapped you on the last two lines there and then carried on afterwards. But yeah, bars, go bro. What an incredible flow this dude has. Like he, he just makes all of these syllables fit so nicely. Like whatever he's saying, the rhyme scheme, it's just great. He's doing these in, internal rhymes along with the end rhymes. So you've got like this let us, let us, cheddars, treacherous thing going on. And then it carries over to the next paragraph with the death of us. And then he does this another quick internal rhyme with confidence and ambiance. 
and then finishes it with this simple shine and rhyme scheme but it all flows together so well and it's so well structured like not a single syllable is wasted and that's what gives it that incredible flow and and what he's talking about here with the the ambiance of the album it's kind of what i was saying at the start like the whole production the whole feel of this album is what really speaks to me and he's saying to like other rappers you can just rhyme i got all of this and it's it's just a, a really really great set of opening bars for me uh, absolute facts there so yeah i snapped you to with to the death of us me and my confidence we shine you feel the ambience your n was just rhyme by the ounce dough accumulates like snow we don't just shine we illuminate the whole show you feel me by the ounce dough accumulates like snow we don't just shine we illuminate the whole show you feel me and i just wanted to say that the you know just a compound of what you said the visualization of this is crazy that first line for me personally says a lot about genuine connections as well that is something i've always felt when me you my brother and sc are out together whatever the situation wherever we were i always felt the ambience about us like we always felt like we draw people in because we were always trying to have fun it wasn't we were never really fronting in any type of way we were always just being ourselves just being you know silly fun uh, experimental and all that sort of stuff and i think that's what jay-z is explaining here as well is that the people that he associates himself with they have something more than just being a one-trick pony you know then they, they don't just rhyme they do everything else you just rhyme but you know our me and my crew we represent so much more and then this last line alan this is a for me is a direct tie-in to the track by absol illuminate and it's crazy how much Absol got attacked for his lines in that track that we broke down last week. But reading this line by Jay, for me, it's mind-blowing because you can really, really tell that Absol was paying homage to Jay while challenging himself at the same time. There was no, like, diss involved in it whatsoever. It's such a wicked tie-in and I, I wanted to mention it from last week because obviously you brought... Uh, illuminate to us and stuff so i just felt illuminated when i read that line as well too nice yeah I, that, that's what kind of brought me to this track was that line in the absol track <laughs> absolute fire man Who, who's up next you're up fuck them they hate n-word love in his life in all possible ways you know the feds is bugging my life fuck em. They hate a nigga love in his life in all possible ways you know the feds is bugging my life alan it happened to us this week <laughs> Anchor, for the listeners, Anchor came at us challenging us over copyright issues. They were coming at us trying to, you know, Anchor was trying to bug our life. Yeah, they bugged us. Yeah, they were trying to pull at least 12 episodes off of Bars, Rhymes and Life. And me and Alan were just loving our time on Bars, Rhymes and Life. And that very platform that we're trying to promote was coming at us, yeah. So I feel a connection to Jay-Z and everything that he embodies on this line. And then I just love the simplicity of the double entendre on the second line. The fact that the feds might be bugging his house and his phone, and then by proxy, they're actually bugging his life and annoying him at the same time. It's just really simple, but it's so clever. And like you say, because he's so smooth with his delivery, it just hits you in a different way. Yeah, this was actually, for a while, a misheard lyric for me. I thought it said bugging my light. And I thought it was a reference to the Sopranos because the feds bug a lampshade in his basement. But yeah, bugging my life makes perfect sense. And like you said, they, uh, yeah, man, they came for us, but hopefully we'll be all right. 
<laughs> if we're not here next week, we're being pulled. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. I'm up next. Hospital days reflected with my man laid up. On the uptown hot block, he got his side sprayed up. I saw his life slipping. This is a minor setback. Yo, still in all we live in. Just dream about the get back. That made him smile, though his eyes said, pray for me. I'll do you one better and slay these N-words faithfully. Hospital days reflecting when my man laid up. On the uptown high block, he got his side sprayed up. I saw his life slipping. This is a minor setback. You're still in all we live in. Just dream about the get back. That made him smile, though his eyes said, pray for me. I do you one better and slay these niggas faithfully. Bars, I snapped you on the same again. The, your last two lines are my first two lines of the of a snap. I just love this verse because it's great storytelling. It, he just paints this scene, you know, his friends in hospital loves some kind of violence with, the, with their enemies. And he's just trying to cheer him up with that talk of revenge. And lots of people have probably had a similar experience. You've got a friend or a relative who's unwell and you're just trying to cheer them up. You know, you say whatever you can to, to lift their spirits. But you can see that it's not quite getting through. They're still feeling down about their situation or they're scared or they're worried. And for Jay-Z, that just makes him, makes him want to get revenge. Like he sees in, in his friend's eyes that he's, that he's thinking he might lose his life. And so he's like, I'll, I'll get them for you. And, and it's just brilliant storytelling. Like I, I love a good story in hip hop. And when you can make it flow as well as Jay-Z does on this verse, it's, it's even better. Absolute facts, man. So I snapped you on those, your last two lines on my first. That made him smile, though his eyes said, pray for me. I'll do you one better and slay these N-words faithfully. Murder is a tough thing to digest. It's a slow process. And I ain't got nothing but time. Murder is a tough thing to digest. It's a slow process. And I ain't got nothing but time. Wow. Just an absolutely incredible set of lines. I typed out the word bars and I held S for about 27.5 seconds, Alan. That's how long <laughs> I, I held S for. You can just visualize the picturization of this scene, similar to what you said. The fact that Jay is seeing his childhood friend in hospital after being shot four times, sort of saying, hey, you know, pray for me, pray that I live. It can do something inside of you. You know, I, I, I'd hate for the situation ever to present itself. But if I saw you in a hospital bed, it would ruin me. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's my boy. What, you know, who's done this to him? Who, like, what, like, who's caused this suffering and whoever's caused this suffering to my friend? you know, be ready because it's coming for you. Like, I can imagine it. And it's so crazy, Alan, because these lines remind me of the line that we covered in the Nas track. Nas is like, saw my close friend shot, flatlined, am I sane? That depends. Carry Mac 10s to practice my aim. They match so well. And I actually think that these two artists are intertwined in a way that are far less obvious just like as the example I just showed here, where it's like, hang on a minute, these guys have been through very similar things and actually talking about similar things completely independently, way before Ether and the beef and even what was alluded to even in this track, like with him cutting the sample in of Nas. Then going back to Jay, those final two lines, like, whoa, murder is a tough thing to digest. It's a slow process and I ain't got nothing but time. It's so good. To be able to describe the fact that taking another person's life is something that can stay with you for almost forever. And, you know, early on, when something like that happens, you see them in films, like every time you blink, you might see that dead person that pop up in your eye, like in your mind. And 
then over time it gets a bit more sporadic but then further on you you kind of get a bit more reflective in your life and it never leaves you and you need that time to digest the entirety of what you've done because you've killed someone you've taken someone's life then to finish it off with that double entendre to state that I have until forever to get over it or the fact that you have to do time in the pen because I ain't got nothing but time because you've committed murder that just allow it Alan that is bar damn that's nice yeah the the sample clip is incredible and and I know in in the takeover uh, Jay-Z says he says something along the lines of I sampled your voice you were using it wrong you made it a hot line I made it a hot song I sampled your voice you was using it wrong you made it a hot line I made it a hot song and it, it's a great like uh, the thing I love about this is that eventually they perform this track together and that's awesome but yeah what you said absolutely man 100% you're up again down in Nevada haha papa word life I dabbled in crazy weight without rap. I was crazy straight. Partner, I'm still spending my money from 88. What? Down in Nevada, ha-ha, papa, world life. I dabbled in crazy weight without rap. I was crazy straight. Partner, I'm still spending money from 88. There's something in these lines that's so true about Jay's entrepreneurial spirit. People look at many of these self-made millionaires and billionaires and they kind of fall into this fallacy, illusion of themselves that these people risked it all and they took such a gamble and that in order to make it, you have to risk it all and blah, 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 blah. But when you consider Jeff Bezos started like this, it was the early 90s, well before the internet boom. Jeff Bezos had the idea for Amazon. He was just about 30 years old and he left a cushy job as a vice president of the hedge fund D.E. Shaw to pursue a dream of starting an online bookstore. His parents invested nearly 250,000 grand in his company back in the 90s so you know it's like you know we we start saying to ourselves like oh you know what I risked my life I risked my mortgage I I gave up my job to become this self-made millionaire and it's just never the case and while it might not be exactly the same for Jay Jay's making it clear like I ain't stupid I made enough money in the dope game that has set me up to pursue my career in rap and he wasn't stupid by risking it all. Many in general always prefer that story. And like, oh, I put my mortgage up, I put my life on the line to, to, to pursue my dreams. And it might get you admiration, but I don't think it'll ever get you respect from those that have more than you. Which is why when you apply for a mortgage, they don't tell you how, they don't go, ah, how big is your heart? How trustworthy are you? These aren't questions that they ask you when you want a mortgage, right? And I think these lines are a testament to Jay's business mind and, and entrepreneurial nows. He was only 26 years old when he wrapped these bars. And since that age of 26, he's done nothing but blueprint out his financial success. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I, everyone loves the story of the, the self-made success, but there are, there is, it's always more complex than that. It makes me think of, funnily enough, Anar's lyric, the drugs kept the hood from starving. Like he's he's used that as a way to, to get started and then taken the money from that to do what he really wanted to do, which is rap. But he didn't need to. <laughs> he had enough money that he didn't need to, which is like a great position to be in. Absolute facts, man. Who's next? I'm up. But until then, I keep the trillion cut, diamond shining, brilliant. 
I tell you half the story, the rest you fill it in. Long as the villain win, I spend Japan yen at 10 major events. But until then, I keep the trillion cut diamonds shining brilliant. I tell you half the story, the rest you fill it in. Long as the villain win, I spend Japan yen at 10 major events. I snapped you on, I uh, tell you half the story and long as the villain win. I, I, that, that's the line I kind of I kind of picked it for. I just, I just love that line. It's kind of, I hear it in two different ways. One is Jay-Z being a, a bit coy. Like, I can't tell you the details of this story because, you know, maybe I'll incriminate myself. Maybe I'll incriminate some other people. So I'll tell you some of the story. The rest, you read between the lines, figure it out for yourself. But then you also, I also hear it as the, the sort of economy of words that we always talk about, like less is more. And how the best writing moves you without actually saying that much. So I'll give you half the story and you'll, you'll fill in the rest of the head. That might not be where he's going with it, but that's kind of what I took from it. And then as long as the villain wins, uh, this whole album has a real anti-hero vibe about it, which I kind of love. It's kind of like a mobster style album. And it, it opens, the opening of the album is a skit, which is a Scarface reference. Which is so fitting because, of course, the villain wins. Not, not maybe not the villain you expect to win, but one of the villain wins. Uh, well, you know, I'm so glad you explained what you explained there. My take is pretty much a exact replica and snap of what you said, but I want I took it one step further, which was I hope Jay don't hear this or doesn't like sort of get me done over or something like you know anchors after us and everyone's after us at the moment. We've got hits on us like left, right, and center, but. I feel like Jay has failed himself in some ways with regarding to the last line, which was as long as the villain wins. Because first off, he called himself out on the incredible track So Appalled on Dark Twisted Fantasy, where he took Nolan's line from one of my favourite films, The Dark Knight. Dark Knight feeling, die and be a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Dark Knight feeling, die and be a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. So he, he, he's become the villain, even though he wanted to like, he wants the villain to win. However, after cheating on Beyonce, he became the villain. And don't matter how you want to paint it or how you want to wash it, he became a villain. And yes, he hasn't lost his wealth, like Scarface or his life, but he did bring down his own reputational demise. And he didn't quite manage to be the, the villain that won. And I hope I made sense with my take on that one. Yeah, I mean... The Jay-Z who wrote this album probably couldn't imagine the Jay-Z today. Like a, a kind of, I don't know what his, his personal worth is, but it's a lot and he's, he's considered a legend in the game. And the, the, the kid who wrote this album would, um, was in a very different place. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next, bro? I'm up. Crime Family, well-connected Jay-Z, and you fake thugs is unplugged like MTV. I empty three, take your treasure, my pleasure. Dead President Charles, politics is usual. Blau. Crime family, well connected Jay Z, and you fake thugs is unplugged like MTV. Got MD3, take your treasure, my pleasure. Dead President Charles, politics is usual. Jesus, I snapped you on the last two. Just a clever little ending. I really like this this whole play on words he's doing with the the word the term plugged, which is like a slang term for for getting shot. Yeah. But he's saying, you know, these these fake thugs are unplugged, so maybe maybe they're unarmed, or maybe they've just never been shot. You know, they're not really in the game. They're they're not they're pretending. Um, and Jay Z remedies this 
by giving them some treasure, some precious metal in the form of three bullets. You know, he's saying you wanted the credit that comes with, with being shot, being in the game. Okay, my pleasure. Here you go. And it's just another day to him, like politics as usual, um, which is a reference to another track on the album. It's just a really clever little play on, play on words. I also like the unplugged like MTV. There's a, there's a version of Heart of the City, which Jay-Z did on MTV Unplugged. And it's one of his best performances I think I've seen. He's got a live singer who's, I think her name's Jaguar, right? I can't remember exactly, but she's incredible. And it's just like, it's way better than the studio version, in my opinion. So if you get a chance to listen to the unplugged version of Heart of the City, worth checking out. And the band playing for them are the roots. So just, just all of the goats there. Gotta <laughs> yeah, give that a great show. bars. Gotta give that a go, definitely. Yeah, so I snapped you on the last two lines there. First off, politics as usual. Love that track so much. You know how we do, Rockefeller. Forever. Catch me skating through your town, putting it down. Y'all relating, no waiting. I'll make your block infrared hot. I'm like Satan. Y'all feel a nigga struggle. Y'all think a nigga little hustle behind the wheel, trying to escape my trouble. Uh, it's just <laughs> man, what a track. And then, bit random take, tangent Abby time. He's always got one in him at times, isn't it, right? We don't get too political on this pod, but I feel like these two lines are a literal description of the Conservative Party right now. And <laughs> I still can't get over it, Alan, and I want you to try and follow me here, yeah? David Cameron had some dodgy Panama wealth issues and then fucking wanted no part of Brexit whatsoever. Guess what? Blow! Theresa May turns up, yeah? Now, irrespective of whatever I feel, believe about Theresa May, I think she carried herself with a bit of dignity and doesn't deserve too much negativity from me. But guess what? Blow! Bojo comes out. Bojo comes out, tells everyone to stay at home. No, no, no. If your loved ones are dying, you can't see them. But there he is with his Conservative Party crew, raving it up, giving it all the hype. Yeah, party, party gate, party gate. Blow! Liz Truss, blink, blow! Rishi... <laughs> You know, like, fucking hell, Alan. How many dead prime ministers are we going to have on our £5, £10, 20 notes in the future? Like, we've literally lined ourselves at least four. That's ridiculous. And Jay, Jay, Jay's right. Like, that made money means you need to play the politics right. And it's a dirty game and nobody is willing to clean it. But, you know, there's dead presidentials, politics as usual. Blow. One, what an incredible take on the Conservative Party over the last, like, what, decade or so. Man, well, that was my favourite Abbey tangent ever. <laughs> Just imagining various Conservative leaders on, on the money. Man, Liz Truss will be lucky if she gets some Monopoly money. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. I think I've got one more, right? you got one more. I'm out for presidents to represent me. Get money. I'm out for dead fucking presidents to represent me. Finally, I just wanted to say the way the sample cuts against this sample by Nas for me is just unbelievable. I feel like I could literally hear this chorus over and over again on replay and just live a whole day, 24 hours of it. And never get bored of it, yeah? It's just so good. And I said it before, but 
I truly believe Jay paid some incredible homage to Nas by creating this track. Whether he did it intentionally or not, he he just gave Nas such hype to, to use it in a way of a track that is just such a classic track. The juxtaposition of I'm out for presidents to represent me with the get money in the background. It's like, hey, I want to live in a world of democracy and equal opportunity. And then to immediately follow up with, I'm out for dead fucking presidents to represent me. The who, like who's in the background, to me at least suggests, who have I got to kill to make this world an equal opportunity and a democracy to exist? And to me, I just think that is just so mad. And I think it's unbelievable. This track is mad. And I'm so glad you brought it this week, man. Unbelievable track. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a, a last minute shout to Ski Beats, who's the producer I just learned of this track, and also Politics as Usual and Feeling It and Twenty Two Twos, bunch of tracks on that album. Wow, shout out that guy! Shout out, shout out, Ski Beats, man, absolute fire! Nothing but love to Jay Z and all of his fans. Nothing but love to all the BRL listeners out there. Nothing but love to you, Alan. One peace. I'm out for presidents to represent me. I'm out for presidents to represent me. I'm out for presidents to represent me.